were talking about the, uh, the two photographs of the uh, New Year's and the fact that uh, uh, Bill Campion's family is now uh, part of the Baptist Church, they're still, um, the first year they were still Buddhist. The first couple of years they were Buddhist. Buddhist, okay. And this is uh, celebration at the International Institute, mm -hmm. and it was basically um, Buddhist Buddha ceremony. And the New Year, it's right. New Year's. Okay. Um, all right. Do you? Do we want to? Oh, um, may I? Oh, this is your copy, right? No. Um, oh, 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 oh. I'll give this to you then, because. It has the two, two, two more pictures on it. Okay, I have to write. Um, put you on tape. Campion and his wife and their eight children came to the St. Lazario. When this interview or, or the discussion of the pictures is over and uh, Campion is left and uh, Georgia Phillips is talking with him. Campion and his wife their eight children came to the St. Louis area in October 1979 with absolutely nothing, no worldly possessions. Um, since that time, Campion, in, in March of 1980, started work for Acton School District as a maintenance man and has worked there to the present time. Um, he has uh, married children, two grandchildren. He has purchased four new vehicles since that time. Uh, he has purchased a four-family flat. And uh, three of the units he rents out, one he lives in. You want me to expand? <laughs> yeah. In addition yeah. to that, uh, this is an interesting story. Recently, um, I helped a young couple purchase a house, their first home in America. John and I, my husband and I, went to the airport in uh, 1981 and picked them up. They had one small gym bag with their possessions. Uh, since that time, they have both worked. They have produced two children. Uh, six and seven, and when they went to buy their house, they had saved $35,000. They worked a second job in the evening in their basement. They have commercial sewing machines set up by a company, and they sew at night. Last year, in seven months' time, they made $10,000 doing this. They work hard. And that's what the American dream is, coming to America and working hard. And that's how they do it. Because they are, they're so industrious. They are industrious people. If Have you heard them say anything, quite honestly, that we're looking for a title to pull all this together for this exhibit? And we hear the American dream, you know, we hear Chinese Golden Hill, is there, is there oh. something? I know uh, The only thing that I have uh, heard recently that has really impressed me 
Thandikatsi Palm, one of our Lao men, he said, freedom, freedom, that's what this country is. He said, that's why we're here. And when they start telling you about communism, that, that's true. We don't realize what freedom is. They do. We've also worked with the Romanians and, and the Russians. We have 33 Russians, three Romanians that we have, we did not sponsor them. They came through Catholic Charities. They asked us to help. And they have come to our church. They have their own group. They were Baptist. That's why they asked us to help. Um, but they tell us too, America, you don't know what you're missing. You know, you have so much and you don't realize it. I've got a story that this one uh, Romanian boy wrote. You know, I don't know if this is on the tape, but we are at the Southside Baptist Church. I'm not sure I put that on in the very beginning. What, I, what is your title? You here at the church, uh -huh. I started out being uh, pastor secretary back in 1979. Since then, I have become a refugee worker. You really are, in the, in the best sense of it. Uh, I believe we have sponsored 19 Lao families, and uh, how did you happen to how did it happen to be Lao families? Um, we did not set out to sponsor the the Laotian people. Um, our pastor had gone to um, our mission retreat in North Carolina. He he was on the missions committee here in the city, and uh, they his, were his name is. Gordon Murray, and uh, at that time, all we heard about were the boat people, Vietnamese, mm -hmm. and um, the State Department was making a big push for the churches mm -hmm. to help to sponsor, um, and they made a suggestion that uh, maybe each city could sponsor a family. And our pastor said he suggested that each church in the city sponsor a family. So he came back to the church and asked our church if we would sponsor a family. And we sponsored what we thought was one family, a family of maybe four or five people. And um, maybe ten. Which was Campion. Which was Campion. And that, and, and that worked like he was, he was in uh, uh, Thailand. He was in the camp, in the camp. Nong Kai in Thailand. And N O N G O N G K H A I. And um, we got Campion's family, and we were, we had, honestly, we had like toys. Mm -hmm. We um, we did not really treat them, I guess, like people. We were. We were just delighted with them. And we took them to the zoo, we took them to the arch, we took them on picnics, we took them to Soulard Market, we took them grocery shopping. And in a few weeks they would say, more Lao people were coming into the area. And they would say, you know, could my friend go? And we would take the friend and then there would be more. And uh, Soon it was a busload of people every week to go to Sillard Market or to go to the Asian food store. And uh, and then uh, they were just coming to church out of respect 
for us as their sponsors. And they were saying, can my friend come? Is it okay if my friend comes to church? Um, we said, well, of course your friend can come to church. And soon we, we had so many that uh, we realized we needed to you know, have a group. And I wanted to work with them, and my husband did too. And I told the pastor we'd love to work with them. So we did, and we've been working with them ever since. Mm -hmm. And the largest number that we've ever had on one Sunday in our group was 99. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've had 168 that have uh, become Christians. We've probably dealt with 1,000 or more people, you know. And how many are you sponsoring? Uh, 19 families. They're not all in the same area. They don't stay in one area. Um, they may, you know, you might get a family and uh, they might have a relative in California or someplace else and they might move on. You know, but uh, we've probably got probably eight or ten of the families still live in the same area. How did it exactly happen? It sounded like you really would prefer to go to France because of the, the language thing. Uh -huh. but, but he said he couldn't afford the, the paperwork. Um, now, how did it happen? What was the inner working of him getting actually... To come to the United... or yes. to get out of the camp? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I've never heard about France. I've never heard him mention France other than I knew he spoke a little French because that's the way we communicated with him. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, we didn't speak Laotian. We had uh, a family of French people here that had lived in France. And um, um, she would, we would tell her something. She would translate it to French and he could understand a little. It was. Uh, well, I was thinking because, it, you know. Uh, the reason they came to to this country, they would have gone any place. Mm -hmm. The camp. Get out of the camp. Uh, for instance, a room this big would probably have housed uh, 50 people. The conditions they lived under were terrible. Really, you should talk with them about the camps. Uh, they nearly they starved. Can't, they can't do that. Uh, we tried to to. I tried to ask him about uh, about the camp. No, not about the camp, but about the uh, going to France. And he said, "I can't. I'm sorry, I can't explain." So he doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. he, uh, but and really, actually, neither do I. But how did the? What was the process that got him out? Well, um, when they get in the camp, um, apparently they they have to get a number. Apparently, they have to pay for the number. They have to have so much money to give to the Thai people, and they get a number. I understand. I do not know that I'm correct, but this is what we've been told. And they get on a list, and then they get interviewed, and then they hope for a sponsor from some country. Does the more you pay have to do with how low a number? I don't know. I do, I do not know. I don't think so. I don't think, I really don't know. But uh, Campion's family was in the camp for so long because he had such a large family. That, that was, what did he say, four years? Five, almost five. Mm -hmm. And um, we just happened to take them. We, we didn't know them, we, you know, we had no. Um, His number came up. 
responses. They they called uh, from Atlanta our home mission board and they said, will you take a family of ten? <laughs> and we thought, mercy, where would we put a family of ten? And but we were we just happened to be in a committee meeting here in the office at the time they called and uh, the pastor asked the group and they said yeah we'll take take the family of ten so we took Campion's family and um, since then it just you know it just happened our ministry to the Lyle people just happened they just kept coming and kept coming and what tell me about the, the community here I know we talked on the phone but I'd love to get it on the tape Um, you told me that, uh, that they were not professionals. That no, they, they are not professionals. Not here. Um, some of them may have been over there. Um, they come in different ways. I mean, the communists, you said, came in in 75. Is that right? Yeah. The, the communists have uh, taken over their country. They've been taken over their country, you know, trying to since 1950, I believe. Um, our group uh, started in 1979, and uh, just the last couple of years, it slowed down. Um, our neighborhood, it's just, our neighborhood is We're just really a lower middle class neighborhood here, economically. Yes. yes. This seems to be the area of the of the of the high, Well, not Thai, but the Vietnamese. I, you know, I was just around the corner. Uh, well, to I tell you the truth, the Laotian people settled here first, and in my opinion, Campion was the first Laotians that I knew of in the area and we could not find an interpreter when he came in the area. And Campion located near the church, and it seemed that any time anyone else came into the area, they would want to locate near the church. And they just all settled around the church. They knew we would help them. And we did, we loved helping them. Yeah, I can see that in your face and your eyes. Well, we really do. I mean, they're, they're beautiful life, people. Yes. It's, it's um... You know, and they, uh, we've tried to teach them American cooking, and and uh, they've tried to teach us their cooking, and it's just been a wonderful now thing. Now, how do you, how do you deal with, you know, like his wife, he said she speaks no, she no speaks English. very little, the older people have a hard time with the language. Mm-hmm. Now, he has a hard time with the language. He's very good. He's very good. His wife. You should talk to his wife. Well, I don't know that I could. And <laughs> no, you couldn't. Um, but his wife and um, our Lao pastor, for instance, I work with every day, speaks very little English. But we still understand well, each other. Well, you can communicate because you're, you're, you're used to, right. to that. And that's, uh, um, but what would you like me to know? What would you like me to know about them that would, could be up on a wall that has to do with any of these pictures? There's a, I mean, you know them better than probably anybody 
in the city because you have helped them I tell you establish the truth. themselves. Uh, if you could see the Lao women, they are so beautiful. These people are so beautiful. You know, um, I don't really know what I would say about them. Uh, well, what you would want people to know, uh, what makes them unique? What they makes are them different than the Japanese or the Chinese or the Thais, or uh, they are the most loving people in the world. I don't mean um, sexually. I don't mean that. I mean no. toward kind. toward uh, other people. Um, they are so gentle. Has this caused them bitterness, anger? I mean, here's a man who was established in his country. He was a policeman. He had authority. He was used to telling other people what to do, and now he's a custodian. No. They have accepted it. They have accepted it. Uh, this one man that I told you about, he was a governor in his country, in their area. I can't remember. It's been many years since I've even thought about him. He moved on to Chicago probably about 1984 to be with a daughter. But uh, uh, his wife was adorable. Um, they tell me she had 18 rooms in her home and they described that it must have been beautiful and you know to mm -hmm. all of a sudden have nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. They, uh, all of the uh, Asian people that I am fortunate enough to talk to uh, all of course have differences. Uh, but that one that that the the ability to pursue what they need to do to change their lives is to is get by to get by right. is, is is so fantastic the values that they really try to keep it has to be hard very strong on on the women especially it must be very hard on them to leave everything and start a new life in a new country. You you hit on something I think is very important because I have interviewed only really men. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself last night, why have I only interviewed men? Now is this because I'm in the Asian community and... Because the men are the leaders. The women because, because from the International Institute, they gave me men's names, right. except for one, which was Dr. and Mrs. So-and-so. Um, but it dawned on me, I wonder what, what these women have to say. Let me and tell I you. I wonder if I shouldn't be interviewed. I don't have time. This is a small exhibit, but it's taught me something. That, uh, Let me though, tell you. Though a couple of women have come with their husbands. And I have I have spoken to them, but this is the this is the view you know. When uh, you do not see the Laotian men and women touching, you don't see this. Um, when they come to church, the men sit in the front, the women sit in the back. When you say, "Would you like?" It's beginning to change. The women are beginning to take part. Uh, they say, you know. Uh, we would like you to sing. The men sing. The women do not. The women handle the money. 
that the men are the leaders. Um, when they get married, for instance, any of our married young people, the, it's not unusual for them to be at church the next day following the ceremony. The men sit in the front, the women sit in the back. <laughs> it's beginning to change. Uh, Lampion, Campion's daughter, teenage daughter, came to my house one day and I was not feeling well and I was laying down on the couch and my husband was in the kitchen cooking supper. <laughs> and she said, I don't get it. She said, you know, here you are. She said, you're lying down. You know, John's in the kitchen cooking supper. She says, you know, in my country, she says, we could be having a baby and we'd still be in the kitchen cooking supper. <laughs> you know, but uh, they have seen, you know, that uh, the American men you know, treat their wives a little bit better, you know. And many of the law girls will say, we're going to marry an American man, but they don't. That was my next question. They don't. Not, Not yet. We have had a few. We've had a lot of American girls latch on to our men. You know, I don't just mean marry them, just live with them. <coughs> the Lao, uh, the Lao man is reluctant to marry an American girl. However, they will live with her. They will leave her. Yeah, I was going to say, then they, they will marry leave. her. They will leave her. I would think that very much they would want to stay within their own I hope they do. They're so beautiful. These women are so beautiful. Tell me, you, you started to say the women have a difficult, a more difficult time. Oh, they do. Um, we were told that um, there would probably be a lot of emotional problems among our women, and I think there probably is. Um, I think they're inclined to be maybe a little jealous. They buy new cars. We figured they'd buy new cars because they figure that's a way of escape and they've had to escape so many times in their life. But what, uh, that the car would be used as an yeah, escape? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of American people criticize because the first thing they do when they start working is to buy a new car. Mm -hmm. And it's usually an expensive car. And uh, we just decided it was, they felt like they could Get go away. if they had to, go if they had to. Pick up their families and leave if they had to. They don't know what to expect in this country. How are they received? Um, Sometimes they're resented uh, by the neighborhood. Uh, I've had people come to the church door and say, why are you helping those people? You know, they killed my brother, thinking they were Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell them. They terrible stories. Oh, recently uh, mm -hmm. I was getting one of our elderly members from across the alley to bring to church and some woman comes running down the alley and she says uh, oh ma'am have you seen 
a little dog says Chico's gone, you know, and she's telling me her little brown poodle's gone, and and uh, she said, I get so scared when I think those people over there might eat him. <laughs> you know, I just immediately, you know, you see red, and and I, I knew what she meant, you know, but I said, what people are you talking about, ma'am? Those Vietnamese people over there, and I said, first of all, ma'am, they're not Vietnamese, and secondly, they do not eat dogs. <laughs> you know, you, you, I would not have them hurt for anything in the world, but some American people, I mean, they've said things like that to, to our Lao people. It's terrible. American people, you know, are so thoughtless, you know. How, how do the Asian communities, do you have any idea how they treat each other? They, um, they're there for each other. If, um, if somebody needs a thousand dollars, they'll let it be known, and they gather the money up for them. You're talking about the Laotian? Yeah. I'm talking about... Um, you I'm mean a mixture of the Thai and the La yeah. Laotian? Mm -hmm. Um, they're friendly. Uh, and they seem to, um, they seem to mix well with, uh, Chinese people, too. Haven't had any relationship with Japanese people that I know of. But there's a difference in, in, uh, internationals and refugees. Yes. You know. Talk about that a little bit. Well, uh, you know, your internationals are usually students or people that have been educated and coming here and are professional people. And the refugee is just a displaced person trying to make ends meet or trying to survive. And there's there's a lot of difference. We have an internationals group uh, among the Baptists, and uh, you know they, and sometimes our people will go, a few of them. But I mean they're they're just different. I well, know, but do they lend themselves to helping, or are they concerned? Are they? Uh, Internationals, are they concerned that these people will give a bad name or uh, kind of upset their apple cart? Or I, I, I did have someone, best I not mention the group or anything, who had been born here and said that. I said, how do you feel about the new people coming? And he said, well, do you, he said they're like the new kids on the block. And I said, are you glad they're coming? Well, that's what America is, you know. We get this bit, we don't want those people coming here to this country taking our jobs. We say, first of all, they take jobs that, that you would not take. And secondly, a few years back, maybe maybe many, yeah, we, we all, we we all came that this way. And maybe, maybe the Irish, whatever. We know that, but still the other... They, uh, a lot of people, you know, would just assume they not come. But I think America is going to be a better place for having these people. The ones I've met, I guarantee you. I mean, we love them. You know, um, we just adore them. We just adore them. And, and to, to live in a country that can absorb them. Well, I think you have been. But let me tell you, yes. these people, you know, they get here. Within a few months, they're working. They're mm -hmm. taxpayers, you know? Yeah. And that's important to our, to our... Yes, that's true. They're not taking, they're giving. 
Well, it's a, it's a lesson. I, I'm very grateful to, as you said before, you know, you never know who you're going to meet or, you know, it's, it's allowed me to, to grow and learn and help somebody. I appreciate it. And I probably will be back in touch with you. Okay. I know. All right. You're telling me. Uh, well, I was just stating that uh, we were going to sponsor a Vietnamese person. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Laotian men came to me and said, Georgia, we do not want you to sponsor a Vietnamese family. And uh, they have been mistreated, they feel, by the North Vietnamese, and they just don't want us to have anything to do with Vietnamese with people. Vietnamese at all. Right. However, we have, you know, we have helped some Vietnamese people because we help whoever comes here. Right. Is that, um does that have any bearing on uh, what they do in the community? I mean, there's no clash or anything? They do not um, socialize. Socialize? No. no. Well, that's what I was trying to ask before <coughs> when I said, how do the different communities okay. get along? I had not even thought of that when you were saying that, but uh, uh -huh. no. They, um, they might go to the uh, Vietnamese store and uh, shop, but uh, they prefer to go to the Thai store mm -hmm. or to a Laos store. Yeah, there's a, a great uh, food down on Grand at J International. I talked to them. I feel like I'm furthering his store. All right, that's enough.